Hello and welcome to PodSpot, the UK's only HubSpot-themed podcast. It's a regular look at the latest updates from HubSpot and practical hints and tips directly from the mouths of HubSpot users and partners. In our final episode on integrations, we've got something a little bit different. Today, we're going to be joined by James, Chief Revenue Officer at Tradecart, who's going to talk us through the practical reality of integrating bespoke systems into HubSpot. We'll hear about the context of the project, how the mission unfolded, and how custom integrations have unleashed the power of HubSpot for them. James, welcome to PodSpot. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good to be here. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, thank you. Excited to have you on. I'd say it's a little bit, a uh, little bit different for us. So, looking forward to this one. Um, well, let's let's kick it off then. I guess um, good place to start this conversation is giving a little bit of background into yourself. Um, I know you've not been that long at Tradecart, um, but a bit more history with other businesses and, and HubSpot and what have you. So, yeah, just give us a bit of a summary. Yeah, so so I've been been in software for probably fifteen years now. So. Uh, um, I started the social media management platform, Crowd Control HQ, which then morphed into uh, SoCrowd, uh, which I exited um, last year. And uh, that was really when I kind of met Holly Bruce. Uh, so a bit of a shout out to, to her. So she was the HubSpot guru within the team who, who really showed me the power of data, you know, and also the power of, of, of automation. <clears throat> So I, uh, and as you say, I haven't been with Tradecart that long. So joined at the end of last year to support the founder and CEO, uh, Alistair McCauley. So like just in summary, Tradecart is a really simple to use app where both tradespeople and contractors can order the materials they need and get them delivered to site in under an hour. Uh, you know, we often call it a bit like Deliveroo, but for trade materials, and um, you know, we're sort of the benefits really are sort of threefold. It's about saving tradespeople time, money, you know, and and hassle. And just to give a better context, you know, there's about six hundred and fifty thousand tradespeople in the UK, and so obviously data is key, uh, and so is automation because you can imagine, you know, trying to uh, build a business where the target market is around 650,000 650, uh, kind of individual contacts. And and also integration, you know, is is obviously critical with, with our app and the, and the data that we hold um, within it, which is obviously what we're here about to talk about today. Yeah. So you've got, got history with HubSpot then, I guess, and I've seen what it's capable of achieving. Did, did Tradecart have HubSpot in place when you arrived or... Did you bring that to the to the party with you? No, no. So <clears throat> they had um, they put HubSpot in. Yeah, that's the CRM of choice, and um, yeah, which I think is the right the right one. Uh, but but actually, as most organisations, they sort of start with the standard uh, setup. You know, which is basically just an an empty box, and um, and so it it wasn't really. Uh, it wasn't really tailored to how the organization kind of needed to work and, and and hadn't been built to support you know actually the the growth and the scale of uh, of the organization yeah and was that what holly was responsible for at your previous business did she do a lot of that customization or did you take 
HubSpot as a kind of out of the box product and then customize it to that business? Or how did that work? Yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, so um, uh, I think Holly's title was a sort of database manager or CRM manager. Um, and so, yeah, so, so it was all uh, her role was about trying to create the efficiencies in the team. Um, you know, we were, we were doing kind of lead gen campaigns. And so, you know, what we really wanted to focus on was actually people who were the warm leads, people who were interacting with our, with our content. And so, um, you know, so Holly, you know, with, with, um, you know, alongside me, we, we were, we were building out kind of like, how do we create these efficiencies? How do we get people, uh, how do we get to the right people to make sure that the limited time uh, that we've got and the limited sales resource that we've got is spent in the right way? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So I guess there's an element of that still with Tradecart being uh, at the point you are in Tradecart's sort of scale up, like you've got a relatively small team. So that's kind of a key key um, aspect of, of, of the work with HubSpot but I guess you came to Carmen would it have been last year end of last year at some point yeah it's probably within the first sort of 30 days of probably starting <laughs> yeah, so you, you found us pretty quickly and that, that conversation was all around that kind of optimization of HubSpot piece wasn't it and um, you know how how you could uh, customize and configure HubSpot to kind of get some of the results I think you were pretty clear on um what the objectives were at that point but what 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 did Tradecart look like as a business when you joined and, and what were the kind of problems that you saw that that you thought okay we can move forwards here with with a hubspot project and, and kind of solve some of these yeah so you know like like most early stage organizations you know kind of still working out the strategy um you know who are you going to focus on and the and the how and um and obviously like i said before that that hubspot was 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 in its out of the box uh, um, kind of state, so therefore it wasn't really tailored for h- how we wanted to work, you know. And obviously that was the first project really, which was trying to work out who we're going to go after and how are we going to do it, you know, and, and, and how can HubSpot support that. So pretty much everything was was manual, um, you know, and and there were there were some key bits of information that were missing. So obviously what we had was our app actually had um, customers, transactions, you know, order history, you know, these types of things. And then HubSpot had prospects, you know, and and actually, and, and obviously customers as well. But actually we didn't, we weren't marrying up that, those two bits of, uh, of, of information. And so... Um, you know, I mean, if I, I kind of look 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 back, and obviously I've spoken to a lot of kind of tech entrepreneurs in the early stages of tech businesses, you've generally got data in lots of different systems, and actually it doesn't marry up, and therefore, so. But um, you know, I was I was pretty adamant that we really needed to get that done from as early as possible because that would enable the the opportunity to then to then seamlessly scale. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I think it's it's really difficult, isn't it, to start to piece that kind of overall strategy together when you just haven't got transparency on on data and how customers are using the app. But but that's always the way in in in, in early stage businesses, right? You, you're scrambling to get revenue in, you're scrambling to get customers, and now you're into that phase of okay, how do we start to consolidate some of this and and, and make some more sensible decisions, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, hundred <clears throat> percent. So um, obviously, <laughs> slightly teeing you up here in terms of the work we've done, but uh, <laughs> the solution to those issues. Then, I mean, from your perspective, I, I mean, obviously, I can talk from our perspective about the work we've done with you and and the work that we do with other clients. But I, you know, more interesting always to hear from from your side what you know what that work was like and and, and how you think those problems were solved. Yeah, so so I think uh, I mean it was probably probably distill it down to kind of three areas, maybe a fourth. Um, so, you know, the first was actually structuring HubSpot to represent, you know, the data that we have and, and how we want to use it. You know, that was probably the, num- the number one. The number two, which is obviously what we're here to talk about today, is the integration piece so that the, the trade cart app and the data it has and the and yeah, which is obviously the transaction history and things like that, w- was visible within HubSpot. Um, and then we wanted to build in automation to, to enable us to create efficiencies in how we operate, you know, that will then enable us to, to scale. So I, I think those were, the, th- those were the three pieces that I was kind of looking for um, as, a, as a stage one, I think. Yeah, because there were some sort of key milestones, weren't there, in your kind of sales process I guess in terms of getting people to download the app then getting them to actually make first purchase then trying to get some traction in terms of continued purchase so they were kind of key information points that you wanted into HubSpot that you could then deliver kind of marketing campaigns on the back of right yeah yeah and, and actually <clears throat> I think um, we'll probably come on to this a bit later but but the you know as we started to look at how some of these things might might work um, then we started to think about slightly different ways of working, and you know, wouldn't it be good if you know? And I think that was the that was the joy of kind of working with some of your team is that they're coming up with, oh, well, we could do it like this, and then and then I'm saying, uh, oh, you know, what about this? And actually, you know, if if this could work, what about these things? And so, you know, it was quite a, it was really in, uh, iterative process but also the ideas weren't just coming from me you know they're obviously coming from your your team as well so it meant that kind of had the best of both worlds yeah you know, I really understood trade cart and what I thought we needed as a business you'd obviously got all this experience with um, other clients and things that you had done before so you're saying oh you know well actually you know so I think the sharing of experiences both ways you know ends up being quite powerful yeah it's, it's amazing how much I guess our, our client work um sort of uh, cross pollinates i suppose with with other clients and we're able to kind of bring some of that experience to the table but um yeah more and more so i think we we're, we're picking up uh work with clients who have their own kind of proprietary tech or product whether that's you know like yourselves with an app or kind of saas technology saas products uh or others and they've got kind of really good strong internal development teams focused on that product but actually how do you kind of pull some of that data out so you can use it from a marketing perspective is, is often a bit that gets a little bit lost within that internal development roadmap. It's interesting because obviously when we've been going through this journey, I've then been putting my old hat on to think about because we, we didn't actually have the we didn't have the integration. So actually it, it most of that sat in our proprietary system. And so actually I've sort of been thinking actually how powerful would that, you know, what bits of information would we have wanted to bring across to sort of trigger certain things based on activities or or lack of activity that people are um, 
doing so um you know obviously hindsight's a great thing but uh but you know it, it's but it's really important i think you know this this sort of project has sort of opened my eyes about the the importance of getting that integration piece in as early as possible yeah a lot of it though is and and we find a lot of the work we do with hubspot is around the kind of art of the possible you know there's a lot of stuff as as you alluded to that you just don't necessarily know is an option uh, and and certainly a lot of people come to it with uh, the view that, that that this stuff could be an option, but it's going to be incredibly expensive to integrate some of this stuff and, and have some of that automation. But uh, I think as we found with you guys, you can do that. And there's there's ways of doing it which are, you know, offer, offer pretty decent value for money, really. Yeah, you know, and I, I think I was, yeah, I was quite surprised that actually, you know, the, the sort of cost of doing this work, you know, was was reasonable, you know, and... And then when you compare it to the value that we get, you know, it, it then becomes a really, a really good re- return on in investment, you know, just in terms of, you know, A, the visibility of what we see, you know, within the, uh, within HubSpot, you know, it's a kind of live view of what's happening with our prospects, with our customers, with our downloads, with our, with our orders, you know, plus, the automation and, and and whatnot creates all the efficiencies. So there's a huge amount of time saving. And I think, you know, if I was if I was going to be trying to sell this to other clients, you know, I'd be I'd be kind of thinking, you know, actually, how much time can you save through the automation, and actually, and the richness of data and the value that gives. Again, you know, you're you're going to be saving time somewhere, whether it's in and someone someone in operations role or someone in the finance role. They're going to be collating this stuff. So actually, if 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 actually the app and HubSpot integration can can do that, then it's one less thing for them to do. Which you know, in previous experience, I know just is is really time consuming. You know, when you're trying to pull these things together manually. That stuff's key as well, isn't it, for scaling businesses? When you're looking at, um, you know, you want to increase uh, your your revenue and profitability without necessarily adding continually to headcount. So if you can get some of this set up from a tech perspective, like you say, so you're not having people doing this stuff manually when it can just be done automatically, that's a kind of massive piece of the puzzle, I think. For, for yeah, and, you businesses. know, and you probably and you probably get a payback re- like relatively quickly. You know, finance people quite expensive. You know, therefore, so you know, if you can save them time because that automation is 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 done, um, that's you know that that's great. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in practice then for you, obviously you touched on kind of efficiencies and things and visibility of data. Is there anything else that you would say has been a sort of key impact in the business having done that kind of integration work? Yeah. So I, th- I think it's, you've got visibility over both activity, you know, obviously HubSpot provides a lot of that anyway, you know, around, um, you know, sales activity, you know, marketing performance and whatnot, you know, that's a bit of bread and butter for, for HubSpot. But then obviously we can marry that against results. And so you've got you've got that combination. So we can see, you know, how many calls are being made, how much marketing activity and what's it generating, and then how people are moving from download to placing first order. And then obviously then beyond beyond there. And that really, because of that, you then get that opportunity to make more accurate predictions. So, you, you know, it's better for your forecasting where, you know, okay, I've got these levers. So if we add more salespeople in, what do we think the result's going to be? If we do more marketing, if we add more data, you know, and so I think you can, 
you can see you, you've just got a bit of structure to the activities that you do and the results. And so therefore you can choose what you then do to make them better. Yeah, it's just becoming a bit more scientific, I guess, in that, that decision-making rather than gut feel. Um, is that is that the same then? Because I know we did um, we did quite a bit of work around uh, optimising OpsHub Pro, which was, I think I'm right in saying, to do with kind of tracking purchases, uh, optimising workflows and things. Is that a, a, is that providing kind of similar results or is that, uh, is that having a kind of impact somewhere else in the business? Um, so, uh, yeah, so I think <clears throat> um, we've also got, we've got kind of a couple of things there because, so at the moment we are operating like all across London. So therefore, obviously when people are downloading the app, they are, they're giving us their details and whatnot. And so actually using kind of op- Ops Hub Pro, what we can then do is actually just focus on those that are actually what we classify as being in patch i.e we can service them and so you know again that's that's really important because it 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 means that we can focus on those where actually we know that we can provide the service um, which again is um, means that we can we can save time but i think also you know the 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 purchase history and, and whatnot and all that kind of rich data we, we can build workflows you know uh, uh, around it you know that either triggers comms you know or, or or tasks so you know just give you a couple of examples so you know someone places their their first order then you know we trigger a task for someone to come in for for someone to give them a call you know welcome them to trade cart and you know ask for feedback or whatever you know two days later they you know it, it automatically triggers uh, an sms uh, asking them to leave a, a trust pilot review on their first, you know, on their first experience. You know, obviously we can do that at the back end, you know, where the same goes for customers that maybe haven't placed an order for a period of time. You know, again, they receive some structured comms, you know, maybe some SMS and some email to try and prompt them to to get back to, to, to ordering um, their materials on the Tradecart app. And then if nothing happens, it triggers a task for, again, someone to reach out, you know, and put a bit more pressure on, you know, by by picking up the phone. And so I think, you know, this is, and all of these things are possible when you've got the that data, the richness of that data and the automation that, that HubSpot um, ca- can provide, you know, and obviously then you need some clever people to kind of make it work. And, uh, but, but you know it's, it's extremely powerful, and and I think that creates the efficiencies, which then enables you know scale. So you know we've um, obviously we've now got a whole load of workflows in that that are have have different purposes, but are all there to try and um, take some of the manual effort out of trying to get prospects to be customers and for customers to place more orders yeah it provides that kind of like you say that, that that structure around what you're doing especially if you then start hiring sales people for example they're walking in aren't they to a a proper i suppose what you'd call a, a, a sort of the maturity of processes isn't there within scaling businesses where you're kind of going okay we've got a load of customers now but if we're going to start hiring we need like a, a kind of more structured 
sales process and, and some of this. And, you know, and, and, yeah, and salespeople are expensive. So actually you want them you, you want them to be dealing with the, you know, if, if there's a way that you can automate things that takes someone from some marketing outreach, driving them to download the app and then moving them to place their first order. And if that doesn't need a salesperson, great. Um, actually, you want the salespeople then to be focused on either the bigger clients or those that are um, that are maybe being a bit more stubborn somewhere in the process. You know, so they're 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 they've downloaded the app. They look like a great fit, but they haven't placed their first order. So actually, you know, you can you can target the salespeople to be focused on 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 those uh, on those things. You know, and and they're happier because. You know they are, you know they they they're a bit more complex and a bit more where you have to think on your feet and and whatnot. And so you know again that's kind of where where salespeople come in. Yeah. So in terms of you getting a bit more return off your investment with a salesperson, you're getting them a bit more focused, aren't you, on those kind of key areas? Uh, with with that in mind, then actually, I I, I suppose um, I, interested to know how you think kind of HubSpot's been adopted across the business. You know, we. Are you hearing, are, are you the sort of, um, are you kind of banging the drum? Are you the kind of internal champion or are other people kind of seeing the benefits? Are you having to kind of strong arm people into using HubSpot and, and, and those kind of things? Or, or, or are people seeing the value and kind of picking it up and running with it? Yeah, so I think, so. I mean, I mean Alistair was really, was really keen. You know, he'd obviously put HubSpot in uh, to, to start with. So you know, he knew the power of, uh, of CRM. You know, I think sometimes salespeople don't like CRM systems because they feel a bit like it's a bit like Big Brother. Um, you know, you're, you know, the system is watching you, it's tracking what you're doing, and et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, there's always a little bit of nervousness when you're imposing a system on people, especially those that have been in the business for a little while. You know, and um, one of the team, uh, Jay, also called James. Uh, quite confusing but uh he you know, we were talking yesterday and actually you know he, he genuinely said that uh, he was he's really taken to hubspot because actually the process just makes his job a lot easier um mm. yeah which is you know which is all you want to hear you know it's it's enabled them to focus on the right things be more efficient um, you know and actually as a result they have really started to think creatively about could HubSpot do this? Could it do that? And so, you know, um, you know, we brought on board a new salesperson recently. You know, and within three days, they were what we'd really like to do is, and then they sort of presented a, uh, a kind of a, a an ideal way of working, and then and you know, and HubSpot delivered. So you know, it was it was through a workflow. But um, so they, you know, I think it's. Um, from the people who are using it on a day-to-day basis, you know, they've really taken to it and 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 adopted it. And I haven't had to do any hard selling or, or anything. They've just seen the benefits themselves. I think uh, it, it also makes for a much more kind of joined up approach between sales and marketing. You know, I'm a, I'm a kind of big fan that there isn't sales and there isn't marketing. There is only sales and marketing. Um, because because actually sometimes there's great ideas that marketing have that actually are just better delivered through um, 
the individual salesperson, you know, through sequences or, or whatever, because actually it looks a bit more targeted, it looks a bit more personal. Um, and, and so actually bringing those two teams together, you know, ends up meaning you get the best of both worlds. So you get you know, the best ideas generally come from, actually they always come from marketing, but, you know, <laughs> but, but good creative ideas come from marketing. But actually, marketing understands that sometimes the delivery method could be through a one-to-one or you know apparent one-to-one comms using things like HubSpot and the and, and the sequencing. So you know that's that's delivered kind of for a better collaborative working, I think, and, and closer relationships between sales and and marketing. Yeah, I think it's key, key think, in your sort of business as well, isn't it? When you looking at managing budgets to make sure that anything marketing is doing is fundamentally going to affect bottom line rather than just putting nice stuff out into the ether or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Sales enablement. yeah. And uh, pick me up on that point um, later. We'll, uh, we'll cover that off at the end because um, that's, that's kind of part of the, the next stage. I think that we've already started talking about um, yeah. the, 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 I guess the final piece is, you know, sort of management are, are happy because actually, you know, you, you get to see the results, you know, as as they come in. So as the day goes on, we can see how the number of new customers is building, you know, how many first orders are being placed, how, you know, the number of downloads and, and whatnot. And so so we can actually see this in, you know, it's not quite real time because obviously, you know, there's, uh, you know, that would, that would take hundreds of thousands of pounds, but, but actually, you know, we might have an hour delay from when an activity takes place in the app before it's then appearing in HubSpot. And so, so actually, you know, you're, you're there or thereabouts, you know, knowing with a sort of finger on the pulse. And so um, I think, you know, that, that then allows management to see that, you know, see that progress and see kind of what's working and, um, and everything else. That must be quite exciting as well, being able to see that. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent, you know, and I think it's, you know, I think there is great re- reporting. I think it's a really complex area and um, and one that, you know, a lot of people put the standard things in and then forget about it. But I think, you know, with obviously with, with what we did, you know, I mean, because of how we approached it, especially the integration piece, you know, we quite often provide codes for, like discount codes for um, for people. So, you know, either you know, as a part of the in early workflows or, or as a way to um, stimulate interest in certain sectors or certain areas. And so, again, we, we can see how many orders are being placed with the discount codes, you know. So, so actually, you know, it's, it's really powerful. Um, and, and that information can obviously then help drive, you know, the decision-making, which is, which is what you want. You want to be able to sort of see the results pull some levers and see better results so yeah yeah so i mean kind of as, as you've mentioned there then i guess you know that there are intricacies or or things that are very specific to your business you know around how you're running it that um there's a challenge isn't there around certainly from from our perspective how you run these projects you know because it's, it's, it's difficult for us to know the detail of, of, of your business in the same way that you do when we first start these projects. So 
I guess as a as an agency, we put quite a lot of emphasis on that initial discovery phase, and and, and more often than not, we do a sort of uh, paid paid discovery or paid consultancy project at the start that that enables us to kind of dive a bit deeper into the business, kind of understand some of your processes, do some process mapping, kind of challenge you as well as understand that. Um, what what was your experience of kind of being the client in 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 that situation? Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm probably quite a difficult client. Uh, I think some of your team <laughs> might uh, <laughs> might agree with that that statement. So yeah, I think it is important because yeah, I think you have to start with here's the vision. This is what I want to um, achieve. And and I, and I sort of see that is really has to come from the business and whoever is leading the project. The the next piece of okay, how we're going to bring that to you know to some kind of reality, I think is where the discovery stage is 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 quite important. Um, and therefore, you know, and obviously that's you know pretty much all the questioning and the workshops and everything that you do to try and gather that information and then sort of present it back. I think, you know, where once that's been done, the emphasis is almost back on to to me to then iterate on where we've then got to, because I think, you know, with the greatest respect, you know, the doesn't matter how good the discovery phase is, you don't know what you don't know as in from my perspective. So actually during the discovery phase, we've got something and actually it's the end of it that it's probably good, but actually to make it awesome actually then requires, let's say my input or the, or the, you know, the client's input to kind of iterate around, this is great. How about, and it's those small different, uh, those small changes that make it become kind of really, you know, really powerful. And, and I think that's where, that stage and, and you know i think the the stage that you know we ran with with phil for example you know was really iterative because it was you know he was doing one thing and i was saying oh what about this and you know and he was saying what well, yeah but also we could do this it's like okay let's do both and so you know and those are probably the bits that end up being the most important and the most powerful because it's it's we've got something and now we get to shape it you know yeah. and you know and I, and I think so it's um so you know it's, it's, really... it's always easy it's always easier isn't it to to do that once you've got something yeah well, it's it's hard from our perspective I suppose in a way it's easy from our perspective as an agency to, to kind of take a brief um and kind of go okay there's the brief we can deliver on that but actually you know the projects where you really have an impact in the business are the ones where you go through the process you've just described, right? You kind of come with a brief, but then we go, well, what about this? Or have you thought about this? Or what do you do here? What happens here? And we kind of keep pushing each other forwards, if you like, and, and, and you get a better result. Yeah, no, uh, uh, you know, 100%. You know, and I think it's, and then there's been, I think it shifts a little bit. You know, you're probably about 80% of where you, where you got to at the end of the brief, you know, uh, and you've probably used about eighty percent of that, but it's the final twenty percent that that makes it awesome, you know. And so, and that's an iterative process. And I, and actually, having, you know, I was a consultant for a, a little while, you know, having sat on both sides, 
you know, I I understand the difficulties, and and actually, I don't think I don't think, I don't think you can get it right first time because quite often the client doesn't know exactly what they want when you're taking them on that first part of the discovery. Yeah. So you know, it doesn't matter how good that is. You know, you you will not be um, uh, you won't be um, you, you can't get it right. I don't think you know you get eighty percent. And actually, it's the chipping away at that eighty percent that then creates the hundred percent, which is then the the awesome, you know, the awesome project that obviously you you, you want to uh, you want to deliver. Yeah, and that, I think that runs into the project as well. And you know, certainly with you guys, I think we've been able to work really really well together, and we've worked in quite an agile way to make sure we focus on kind of priorities and and, and we make sure we kind of. Uh, I guess, focus on the things that are going to have the most impact in your business. Um, Again, what's your kind of experience been like, I suppose, in terms of that communication, that agile working? How have you seen that kind of working? Yeah, so I think, like I said, you know, I think it's, it's always really difficult to try and clarify everything right at the start. And so I think, thankfully for me, you know, it's, um, it's much more of an, iterative process or and an interactive process so i think uh you know and, and actually you know having spent so much time in software you know obviously working in an agile way is actually what gets the best results and um i think you know that that and that was that flowed through this project you know um and and so i think uh you know regular comms is obviously really really important you know and, and i think there's bits where you end up flowing through the project manager and you know and and that's and that's fine but then there are also bits where actually you need to be one on one with um whoever it is is doing that work so whether it's kind of Jamie on the integration piece or Phil on the um you know the the kind of the, the structuring and the automation and the uh, and everything else that you know that being able to kind of have that interaction with that person because some of these things, a, you know, they just say outright, you can't do that. <laughs> so actually, it's like, okay, great, find a different way. Um, at least you know. But then they've also got their other, yeah, exactly. But at least they, uh, but then they've also got their other ideas of, but what about this? You know, and actually, if we do that, would it be useful to have this as well? And so, so much of the value came from from that interact interaction with, you know, the the person who's actually doing doing the work. You know, and you're kind of feeding off each other and stuff. And, you know, I think that that's, for me, that was really important. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whether it was just, some of it was obviously done over email, other other bits were, were jumping on calls and um, and and Google Hangouts and, and whatnot. But, you know, either way, it was, you know, we kind of, we definitely got the end result that we, well, actually, no, we got, we got better than, you know, I think I'd originally envisaged because of that. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we're, we're at the point now with you guys where we're we're rolling into a kind of second phase or, or, or kind of extension of, of the work. Um, what's that look like in, in your mind? I mean, I'm conscious, uh, yeah, as you say, you're kind of talking to the team here and, and we kind of know what that work is. But what's what's the vision? What's the sort of next step for you as you see it? Yeah, so so I think um, w- one of the challenges that you know, well, I mean, one of the you know, w- what's the uh, the age old question is you know what 
what percentage of marketing you know is ends up being wasted you know and people say yeah it's about 50 percent you know the challenge being you don't know which 50 percent and so uh so the so the, the next piece is is actually trying to actually see where see how people are drawn to be to be downloading our our, our app so that um you know and obviously when they're downloading that they're, they're not they're not giving us details from HubSpot. They are just going straight to the download store, um, you know, on either iOS or um, or the Play Store, and um, and so we want to know where they're coming from. And so that that in effect needs to flow through the app and then flowing into HubSpot, so that we can then r- report on it. So again, that kind of builds on our on the on the metrics and the and the rich information that we can that will then kind of uh, help us make make decisions. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, it's exciting moving forwards, watching you guys scale as well. So lots it's, to come. It's probably also, I think, one of the other the, the nice things that you know you guys have done for us as well is you've sort of equipped us pr- pretty well. So you know around. Yeah, there's there's certain things that actually we're now, you know, we we we're now a little bit self sufficient around. So you know that ability to be able to kind of make yeah minor changes to workflows and things like this to be able to build on the reporting because because the data is there, we can now say well actually what we want to know is you know kind of what is the what's the time lag between when people download the app and then when they place their first order and so so there's and then there's workflows that we can build to try and encourage you know we to try and encourage a faster first purchase so so again you know i think it's been a really useful sort of and it was literally the sort of the final part of the project which is okay let's help you to understand some of these more complicated workflows and how they're put together and 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 therefore and and actually and how you can then build some of your own in order to uh, to be a bit more kind of you know self-sufficient yeah you know and that and, and so you know and obviously there's some are super complicated and so you know they're ones that we will stay away from but uh, but where they're relatively simple you know i think you've left us with the skills to be able to um, spin these up ourselves and be able to bring in some small bits of automation that can obviously help us move forward. Yeah, it's really good to hear because I think it's a frustration in lots of businesses who've become overly reliant on agencies and feel that they don't have that automation uh, or autonomy rather uh, to, to kind of crack on and do things. And you want to feel like you're you're improving your skill set, don't you, so that you can do some of that yourself. So that's that, that, that's really good. I guess, um, again, at risk of um, shamelessly asking for, for a plug, James, um, I guess we're wrapping up. So just be interested to, to hear, you know, if, if you could, if you feel you can, just, you know, in a few words, summing up that kind of experience of working with Carmen and particularly, you know, around the integrations work and HubSpot and things over the last year or so, what your thoughts are. Yeah, so sort of, uh, I guess I sort of, uh, maybe I'm interpreting this in the wrong way, but I'm sort of being in effect going to pick three words uh, that um, I think sort of describe, uh, yeah, three words that I think describe, you know, the the you know the mix and the blend of, of what you just talked about. So the first, and I will talk about this in a bit more detail, but the first being powerful, collaborative, 
and innovative. And, and so just digging into these in a bit of detail. So I think HubSpot is an incredibly powerful tool, um, but I think many organizations fail to harness like its real power. So actually, you know, it just ends up being a bit like a glorified Excel sheet with names in and, um, you know, contacts and, and, and whatnot. And so I think, I think with your help, you know, you definitely helped us to, to kind of understand and harness the power of, uh, of HubSpot in, in, in how we're now working. So collaborative. So I think, you know, it's, there's, it's probably twofold, really. It's how we've worked with you, but also how we also have worked with ourselves internally. So, you know, uh, you know, with sales, with marketing, with the development team, you know, with your team, I think, you know, being collaborative has meant that we get the best outcome because the ideas are coming in from, you know, all sorts of places and whatnot. And so, you know, and I'm, and although I had the big vision of what I wanted to achieve, you know, actually some of those ideas have come from all different places, you know, and the places that you wouldn't normally expect. Um, so, so I think it's, you know, being collaborative in that way has been, you know, and we've also obviously then harnessed the power of your prior experience because you get that, you, you're able to share knowledge and, and, um, on other projects. So final one is, is innovative. I think when we started this, you know, to, to quote Martin Luther King, you know, like I had a dream uh, of what I wanted to achieve. And, but I think the various solutions that we've come up with, you know, around kind of the integration and uh, uh, yeah, and the automation, I think is really innovative. You know, it's definitely things that, you know, I, I definitely see that we were slightly underutilizing HubSpot, you know, in my um, previous life. And so um, I think, you know, now we've, we, we've really got a, um, a really, you know, what I would sort of classify as a, an innovative solution um, and an innovative way of working with, um, with HubSpot. So, um, so, yeah, those are my three words, powerful, collaborative, innovative. Fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll take those. I'm more than happy with that and, and glad, glad, it, glad it's gone well. You've been a great client to work with. So, um, yeah, fantastic. Well, look, um, let's leave it there. James, thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, look forward to continuing to work with you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Ian. You've been listening to PodSpot, the UK's only HubSpot-themed podcast, this week with James Leavesley. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please share it with friends, tag us on socials, and leave us a review because it really does help. If this is the first episode you've listened to, then there are 43 others for you to get your teeth into wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.